Amen. Amen, Jesus. We want to give you all the thanks and the praise. Tonight on our 29th anniversary, we look back, we say thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. Thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Thank you for the way that you have been transforming lives, providing every need and more, great God. And so tonight, we want to just turn it all back to praise to you. We want to declare, Lord Jesus, that you are amazing, that you are the greatest. Oh Lord, that you're worthy of all of our praise. So together we join our voices, we join our hearts together in one, in unison tonight to say, you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's put our hands together, church, one more time. Give thanks to the one who's above everything else. Welcome, welcome to our service tonight. Those joining us online before you sit down, there is an opportunity to give each other a welcome celebrate our 29th anniversary. Why don't you wish each other a happy 29th anniversary. You can greet each other COVID safe way. Great to have you along tonight. Great job, you can grab a seat. Trust you feel right at home with us tonight. This is your first time with us or you're joining us for the first time online. Really special welcome to you. If you are here in the auditorium and you want to link in and connect with people, our welcome lounge, our connections lounge is going to be open straight after the service. You'll be welcome to head there. And stay around afterwards. We've got a food truck, uh, wild rissoles. There's going to be a chance just to share a meal together as we continue the celebrations after the service. One of the things about Bridgie is that uh, our heart right at the very outset of this church is to be to see a generation is raised up that just understands there is a God who loves them, cares about them, uh, that has an awesome plan and purpose for their life. And this has been important right from the outset of this church. And so for our anniversary, uh, Ty um, got alongside some of our young people and asked them a little bit about some of their experiences, what they understood about some of the ministries here at the church. So let's go to the screens as we check this out and give thanks for the next generation. We are so blessed to have so many ministries. So we thought what we'd do is we would put the kids to the test and ask them what they thought different ministries were and what they did. So we did that and I'm very excited for you to hear their responses. Let's watch it now. Okay, Haven, what do you think Switch is? Switch is high skill. Because power only. They turn the power on. They switch the power on. Do um, like really fun activities and stuff. Test out TVs. Um, they make switches. They make switches. What type of switches? Switches that can make things work. Oh, okay. So it's Switch Ministry. They make um, switches that make things work. Yeah. Here's the switch that I got from the Switch Ministry. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So you got you got this switch. Just joking. <laughs> You're just joking, but you can have a switch in your bag. Yep. That is amazing. From okay. my ceiling fan. From your, do your parents know that you have that switch? Yes. What do you think the high schoolers do there? They learn. They learn? What do you think they learn about? God and how to spell. What do you think they do at Inspire? Inspire people? Stuff that's really boring. 
scary videos of Hot Wheels. There's a, there's a lot of old people that go to Inspire. What do you think old people might do together? Play with friends. They help people that are scared and shy to meet new people. What about God? What do you think they do at the Soul Op Shop? They get some toys. How much do you think a toy would cost from the Soul Op Shop? A thousand. $1,000. So each toy costs $1,000 at the Soul Op Shop. Whoa, do you think you could buy one of them? No. What do you think street light ministry is? I don't really know, but maybe it's like somewhere where they like pray in the streets for people like the homeless. Okay. Tell them how to use light something. Telling the cars when to go and stop. Where you take people to hospital. Getting people food or something. What do you think they do at bridge care? Bridge well, they would, um, I think make bridges, but make not. Thinking of bridge kids, maybe like a bridge kids, but for like adults. Like where it looks after like everyone at the church. Oh, bridges break off into rivers. Is it like bridge kids? Bridge kids, they look after people that um, might need help. They take care of kids. They look after kids who go to Bridgie. Like deliver people like food and water. You do a buzz. Well, we learn about the Bible and do activities about it. They take care of children while the parents or adults are having some. Do you like buzz? Yes. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Do you like buzz? Yeah. Do you think it could be a bit better? Yeah. Very good. Can we give it up for the kids? It was a lot of fun interviewing them last week. But as I was doing that, I was actually thinking about it. And even this week, as I was praying about it, even thinking about being here at the church and going through Buzz and Switch uh, with a lot of friends. And then now, us being the ones that are the leaders at Buzz and Switch. And a lot of you here tonight are leaders at Buzz and Switch. And, and thinking about it and some of those kids in the video knowing that they are gonna be our next Buzz leaders and they're gonna be our next Switch leaders. And I think as a church, that's why it's so important because we are the body um, and, and we are raising up the next generation. Um, so I'm gonna pray for them now. And we actually have our youth band here, which is really cool. And they're gonna lead us in our next song of worship. But why don't you pray in your heart with me as I pray? Dearly Father, I wanna thank you for all the generations here in the church. I wanna thank you, Lord, that we are a family of believers. And thank you for the kids, Lord. Thank you that they are gonna be leading us very soon. Thank you for the youth band that are leading us right now, Lord, uh, as we pray. And, and I just pray that tonight, would be worship to you, Jesus, as we're just about to have some baptisms as well, declaring you as our Lord and Saviour. So Lord, we thank you that we can be here sharing with each other right now. In your name we pray, amen. I need you guys to jump up on your feet. This is switch style. So you kind of need to be jumping around, worshipping loud, a lot of clapping as our switch band lead us. Thanks guys.
Thank you, Lord, for the joy of our salvation. 
that we can celebrate because You are a good God. In Your name we pray, Amen. Feel free to take a seat. It is great to have you here tonight. As we have said, happy 29th birthday. For some of you, that is awesome that it is your 29th birthday tonight. Some of you just got a lot older. Wherever it is, happy 29th birthday to you. Uh, we got a few announcements tonight. Um, as Nath mentioned, we have a food truck tonight, uh, which is very cool. We love having our food trucks here. So tonight we have Wild Rissol. Um, so it is a burger food truck. So make sure you head out. They'll be out the front there. So make sure you grab a burger and hang out. Uh, such a great time to meet new people. Um, and I did want to say too, at the back, you'll see our Connections Lounge. And the heart behind that is we want everyone to feel comfortable here. We want um, people to know that we, we actually want others to connect in. That is really our heart. And we know what it's like to have a big church and there's a lot of people. And sometimes you think, where do I start? How do I meet people? Um, and in our welcome times, it's a great way to turn around and meet those around you. Um, but also, if you'd like to come up the back, there's gonna be some of us there and you can come over. We can tell you about connect groups. We have connect groups on a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night. Uh, we have 18 to 23 year olds. Uh, this is for young ads um, on a Wednesday night. And at the moment, we're going through the book of John. Um, and as a young adult community, we're reading um, different parts of John together. So um, if you haven't got that info, make sure you come and ask because we'd love to tell you about that because it's so cool to be in unity together, reading the Word of God daily hearing from God in that way on a daily basis. Um, and if you wanna know any info about Connect Group, whether that's on Tuesday night or other um, Connect Groups that we do in homes, make sure you come and speak to one of us. Come to the Connections there. That's a great way um, for you to ask. The other things that I wanted to mention too is tonight in our courtyard, I actually this morning set up our jumping castles for the kids. And then I thought, hey, there are some people that would love to jump on them tonight. So I actually left them up. But the rules are that I normally say to the kids, when you're on there, no wrestling if it's gonna hurt the other person. So you can wrestle tonight, but don't be hurting each other, okay? The other ones, we don't wanna use mean words on the jumping castle as well. So make sure we're using our nice words to one another on there. And I think we should be all sorted. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention too is our Wonder Conference. Um, and I wanna make this super clear too, that it, we have Wonder Girls happening at the exact same time. This is gonna be a video that I'm just about to show, but I just wanna let you know that is for Wonder Girls is for our high schoolers, okay? And that's gonna be happening at the same time from two o'clock in the afternoon to 7 p.m. It's on the 11th of September. So high schoolers, make sure you come out to that. And then at the exact same time in here, we have women's conference for all ages, okay? So it'd be really great to have you along there. Make sure you invite your school friends. Um, and then women, make sure you invite your friends from work, family, wherever, because um, we'd really love to have you here. But we've got a promo video to watch right now. Awaken, dear sister. Awake your soul. Awake your spirit. Do you hear him? He's calling us in the wind. He's calling us between the dance of morning sunlight and the mid-twilight dusk. Sweet sister, arise. The flowers bloom, giving way to sweet, honey-scented aroma. Beloved, beautiful one, come find your heart in him. Come dance with us and find true joy here. Sweet sister, do not fear, oh he says. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one. Come with me. Amazing. So make sure you get out to that. You can actually start booking now. So jump online, um, get on that. That'll be really cool. The other thing is uh, we have a heart for the city. 
Um, this is something that's really important for us. We actually got a community. There's some of you here um, that go to that as well, but we have a community that meet in the city um, on Friday nights and it's amazing. Um, it's our Bridgman City campus um, and we have a special offering for that today. It's going at, at the moment, but today especially, we just wanted to let you know about that. Um, so we got a video as well, so we're gonna watch that. Giving thanks is an act of worship. It's the natural reflex from the heart of Christ, from the heart of sons and daughters in response to the goodness of their Father. And as a community today, we are looking back over the last year and giving thanks for some of the things that God has done amongst us, both corporately, but also in our lives as families and individuals. One of the regions in which God has called us to shine light as a church is here in Brisbane City. And uh, as we sought him, he's led us to this particular premises on 81 Elizabeth Street to be a base uh, for us to shine like collectively into our city. And as Jesus is being proclaimed in this place, men and women are being reconciled to the living God. So one of the ways that we wanted to open up for you to be able to give thanks today on this uh, anniversary Sunday is to make a financial contribution to the ownership of this venue. You know, I truly believe it is an honour uh, that God has in this particular moment entrusted to us as a church the stewardship of this venue. And we want to do so for the glory of His name in the city. And I want to joyfully invite you into being a part of that, uh, into sharing that responsibility that God has placed on us as a church. And so you can head to our website to find out all the information or you can look in the newsletter as well if you need other details on how to give. But our prayer is that the name of Jesus would be made famous in our city, in our state and in our nation. So if you did want to donate tonight, there's actually, we've got some pretty tech uh, stations at the back there that you can give. There's a little iPad there and everything set up so you can go and do that um, tonight. But I don't want to keep talking because we have three baptisms tonight and we've got a whole crew of people sitting over here. If you're here tonight for the baptism, can you just give us a quick wave? That is amazing. As a church community, can we give it up for these guys? Yeah, it's exciting uh, to be in the baptism pool again tonight. We've got Micah and Ellie and Ash who are going to be baptised. Incredible. And uh, baptism is a declaration uh, of what has always been true, in fact, that Jesus is their Lord and Saviour. He's always been that. And tonight they're declaring it, they're announcing that. And uh, so this is a special, this is an important moment in their lives, in their journey as they declare Jesus to be their Lord in their lives. And uh, so Micah's gonna come and share his story with us tonight. So can you welcome Micah as he does that now? So I've grown up in a Christian home, in this church even, losing routine in days of sport on Sunday. However, not losing the Christian values I was brought up believing and outwardly living by. I struggled with lust from a young age. Not knowing any different, but feeling ashamed, I kept it a secret. Scripture union camps I went on in high school prompted me to go deeper in my relationship with God. However, in the end, I can say it's to God's glory, but I gave into temptation and a path that led to nothing but lies and a sinful habit. God's conviction stayed within my heart and He poured out His grace on me each time I came back to Him in repentance. A journey that was evidently in the Lord's hands for after I had just fallen and repented, all immoral desires were lifted in a near instant. He set me free. John 8, 33. 
So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. He has indeed kept me faithful unto himself to this day. I have learnt that battles will come as they have, but it's how I react to them that determines where my roots are strengthened. I pray they be in Jesus forevermore. Isolating myself during a stage of year 11 under the banner of God's got it all, I don't need to tell anyone. Only I can do what's laid before me. So why bother sharing my burdens? I spiral downhill into much inner frustration and conflict, opening myself to Satan's lies and confusion over my life in every moment. Legalistically living to earn God's love, I was blinded. Lacking a heart of belief in His goodness, I couldn't see the truth. But praise the Lord for His grace in calling me back and commissioning me to leadership in grade 12. I'm so grateful for the opportunities it has caused for me to place my trust in Him. However, I still fell into the same trap of isolation and lack of Christian fellowship to guide me in my faith when times got tough, tough during assessment. Pushing through, later in the year, doubts I had previously suppressed bubbled up. Questioning the reality of God and the Bible's accuracy, I couldn't answer a question given to me on whether I was a Christian with a resounding yes. Faithfully proving His Word, Jesus revealed to me that He is the only way to the Father, our Creator and that the Bible stands true from every angle you take in trying to tear it down. I now love His Word. Baptism has been on my mind all year, and I've actively pursued it, although the Lord in His wisdom knew how much further He needed to guide my heart and teach my being who He is. Revealing His goodness to my soul, I know He is good. Having recently known Him in worship like never before, overcome with weeping by His faithful goodness, he drew my heart ever closer to Him, entrusting Him as Lord and Saviour. In Him can no flaws be found. He will complete the work He has started in my life. I'm confident of His love for me, now and forever. Baptism tonight is a step of obedience, putting forth faith in the Son of Man, dying to the old me, rising to the new. Forever, Jesus will be lifted up in my life and renowned as my Saviour. God's kindness has brought me to Himself. It is His patience and tolerance alone for my sin that brings me here tonight. It took a while for me to also be patient in love and accept that a good relationship with God doesn't develop in a moment, but over, over a faithful lifetime in trusting Him. Daniel 4, verse 34. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. God is my strength and my hope. I thank you for the cross, Lord Jesus, the resurrection and the love that saved a sinner like me. I am yours now and forevermore. I love you, Jesus. Amen. How good's that? Man declaring the fact that Jesus is his Lord and Saviour. We're gonna pray for Micah now. So why don't you join with me as we do that? Heavenly Father, this, uh, this is about You tonight and we stand in Your presence here as a community declaring the truth that uh, You are the Lord, that You are the Saviour, that You are the King of Kings and that You are drawing every person to Yourself. As Micah has said tonight, there is only goodness in You, there is no darkness. And thank You that tonight, there's another man who's witnessing to this truth, witnessing to this fact 
not just with His words, but with His life, a life of worship, a life of devotion, a life of, of leaving behind the old, leaving behind the self and rising in you, Christ in Him. And we ask now, Father, that through Your Son, You would fill Him with Your Spirit as He follows You in the days to come, in the months to come and the years to come. He would grow in His obedience and His desire, God, for You to be lifted up in His life. And as that happens, You would fill Him to overflowing with Your Spirit, that He would be a man full of faith, that You would pour out Your gifts into His heart, into His life for the glory of Your Name, not His. And Father, that He might be used mightily in Your Kingdom to call others to the truth that Jesus is the Lord. He's the Lord of every man, every woman, every child, and that they can be reconciled to God in Him. And so we ask that You would bless Him now as He goes through the waters of baptism. Thank You that He has died and that He has risen in You, Christ Jesus. We worship You, our Saviour, in Jesus' Name. Amen. Micah, do you confess Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour? Absolutely, I do. Uh, mate, because you professed it, it's our privilege, your dad and I, to baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. that this is uh, such an exciting day because we had three baptisms in the eight, two in the 10 and now three tonight as well, which is so exciting. And Ellie's gonna be baptised in just a moment as well. So um, can you welcome Ellie as she comes to sh uh, share her story? That'd be great. Thanks, Ellie. So hello, Bridgie family. So yes, I'm Eloise, or as some of you know me, Ellie. And I'm here tonight because God has never stopped pursuing me and getting baptised is something He was very clear about wanting me to do. So a quick story. Last Sunday when Twig was prompted with a word for people who had heard God asking them to obey Him in something but had not yet obeyed, saying that they needed to do it this week. In my heart, I felt God say to me, baptism. All year I have known baptism was my next step, but I kept pushing it off, making excuses. And if I'm being completely honest, I probably would have let it slide this past week, except it wasn't for God's relentless pursuit. On Wednesday, when I was in the internship here, Sarah Jane, just completely out of the blue, said, Ellie, I hear you're getting baptised this Sunday. I was a bit confused and just laughed, laughed it off, saying, oh, I don't think so. Um, however, the saga continued. During mentoring, Twiggy, again out of the blue, said to me, Ellie, do you want to get baptised this Sunday? I was like, man, maybe I am getting baptised this Sunday. And yeah, God clearly not letting me get out of it. And here I am today in the pool, praise God. My story has, as, have I, as I have said, is one of God never giving up on me. He has pursued me, blessed me, and has shown me His extreme love in so many ways. I'm extremely blessed to have grown up in a loving Christian home with godly sisters, parents, grandparents, aunties and uncles, and have been surrounded with the absolute best of friends. From the forefront, I wanna say I'm so incredibly thankful that God has placed me within this circle of people. They have shaped my, my walk and my life beyond measure. While I officially gave my life to Christ at the ripe age of five, 
one night on the night of the bed with the, with the help of my mum, I would say my Christian journey has been more of a gradual formation rather than a sudden transition. From a young age, I grew up attending church, was part of worship teams in school and loved learning more about the Creator. In 2019, I went with my school on a missions trip to Cambodia, and I think this is one of the first times I was really aware of God's presence being with me. It was like my eyes were open to His movements and my spirit was more in tune with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I think we can go on missions trips thinking we are gonna change other people's lives, but the truth is they're often more impactful on our own. I believe I can personally testify to this. Needless to say, I've not always felt that close to God, going through seasons of doubt, loneliness, even questioning why I believe what I believe. There's one instance in particular where for maybe a month's time, I wasn't sleeping well, not actually falling asleep till past two, where I felt incredibly distant. I couldn't understand why God didn't just snap his fingers and gave me rest. I'm an incredibly independent person, which can be a strength and a weakness in and of itself, but looking back now, God had to strip me back to relying on Him with the most basic of things, even sleep, to show me that I was putting myself in charge of my life rather than handing Him the reins. Even though I felt alone, God kept and continues to keep His promises. He has never left me nor forsaken me. Even now, I trust God is still working on my reliance issues, teaching me to live every day, every second dependent on Him. He does give us his daily bread, not monthly or annual bread after all. Another space in my life that God has been guiding and teaching me in is his forgiveness. Battling with my sinful nature has been a tough experience. Satan is very clever in how he goes about deceiving us. For me, he would be a condemning voice that would make me question my salvation and whether the cross could still cover my mistakes. And even while I do have questions as to why sin hasn't ta been taken away immediately or what that means for my faith, I do know Jesus, that he came to save the world, not to condemn it. And even when he, the one who is without sin and has complete and utter authority to judge me, says that neither does he condemn me. Even while I was dead in sin, God loved me. Jesus is enough and there's absolutely nothing, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature that is able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This year I am studying at Bible College and am an intern here at the church. It has been such a special time. I feel as though God is growing me, challenging me and revealing himself to me in ways I don't even think were possible. I'm continually inspired by his grace and his love. And it's my heart's cry that I truly will know God with a deep heart knowledge rather than just a head knowledge. It is my prayer that when God speaks to me, I will obey, that I will be strong and courageous, a warrior for him and his kingdom. On a quick side note, something that I think is really cool is the story of my name. When I was born, my parents didn't know what to call me. One night, both my mum and grandma were at different times and at different places felt God give them the name Eloise, which means renowned in battle. Tonight, I want to make a declaration in both the physical and spiritual realm that I belong to God. I am a child of the Father, sin no longer has a grip on me. I want to publicly declare that I love Jesus with all my heart and I know and believe in his love for me. I want to make it known that I am surrendering my life, all that I am to Him, let His will in my life be done and not my own. 
I want to be taught what it means to be renowned in battle and to step into the fullness of that calling upon my life. Thank you. That's awesome. We want to pray for you, Ali. Um, and I had a thought this morning, actually, uh, that I know that uh, there's family members here, friends here, and I thought, hey, I don't want to just pray. I'd love you guys to pray for Ellie as well. So I'm just going to give you a moment, just in the silence, in the stillness, just in your own heart and in your head, just to pray for Ellie and pray that God would raise her up to be that mighty warrior that her heart so desires. So why don't we do that now? I'll give you a moment to pray for her, then I'll pray. Father God, thank you for the fact that you've heard every single one of those prayers as we have just prayed over Ellie's life. And I love those words that she spoke about, a kingdom warrior. Uh, That's our prayer for her tonight, great God, that you'd raise her up to be a kingdom warrior. Thank you, great God, that that you've got her in your hands, that your protection is upon her. Uh, Thank you that she knows who she is in you, Father God, uh, that you've drawn her to yourself and that you have an exciting plan and purpose for her. Part of the fact that you're raising her up to be a kingdom warrior is the fact that you're gonna use her life. Uh, The enemy will not be happy by the way that you are gonna use her to draw and to see many people come into your kingdom. Through her life is our prayer tonight, great God. And so raise her up, continue to give her strength in you. There may be times that she feels weak, but I pray that she would know your nearness and your love, that you never, ever will forsake her, that you're always there for her, great God. And so we just pray for her tonight, that you'd use her powerfully, Father, and that as she looks back on her life, that she would see your hand and that she would see many, many lives changed and transformed by the way that you use her life. So we thank you for a great God and we pray these things in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen, amen. Well, Ellie, do you confess Jesus Christ to be Lord and Saviour of your life? I do. Well, on that profession of faith, it's Steph, your sister and I, our great privilege to baptise you now in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. this eight baptism today how good well Ash um, so exciting to have you here and um, and why don't you just share with us about what God's done in and through your life why don't we welcome Ash now I know there's been a few cheers give her a welcome firstly I want to thank God for my story and giving me the opportunity to, to share it Also to those here supporting me in person and online, I wouldn't be standing here without you. I was dedicated in the Salvation Army as a baby, which we continued to attend as a family until I was in primary school. And I am privileged to say a loving Christian home is one I have grown up in. I came to know who God was, what Jesus had done for me, the presence of the Holy Spirit and stories of heroes in the Bible. 
Though growing up, my passion for sport, specifically swimming, shifted my focus from learning more about God to one of a demanding grind in pursuing an Olympic dream. Swimming had turned into my number one priority and in many ways, the idol in my life. There were things that I... There were few things I would let get in the way of me achieving my goals. Believing I could go it alone, I left God behind. Despite Bridget's efforts to encourage an apprehensive Ashley along to switch youth, I fell further away from the likes of community and continued steadfast into only what I wanted. After all, not only I, but my parents had invested time, money and effort I had sacrificed important teenage milestones and social events, which in the end was all for the sake of keeping up appearances and striving to meet the expectations of those I couldn't possibly let down. Perfection was a standard I had set for myself and anything less made me question my worth. (laughs) I would beat myself up over the frustrations to no end. The effects of my selfish desires saw me wasting away, relishing in the secular things of this world, from drinking excessive alcohol and clubbing to depriving myself of food so that that I could look a certain way, to being with guys who were wrong for me, impairing my health, my self-esteem and fracturing relationships with my family and friends. In no way did I like the person I had become or how I treated the, the people closest to me. Having kept a journal from the time I was a young girl, I recently came across an entry in the midst of this particular season on the 19th October 2014 to be exact. It says this, I am swimless, lifeless and lonely. Is this enough reason to be depressed? Clearly, I had come to the end of myself and deep down I knew something had to give. I remember spending an unhealthy amount of time alone, isolating myself from everyone sometimes weeping and crying out to the God I had once rejected for something in my life to change. I had been led away by the enemy and his deception that everything could be done my way and without fault. After what felt like years of persistence from my parents, who might I add are the most self-sacrificial people having shown me Jesus, even when they didn't know and I didn't deserve it. I begrudgingly went along to the occasional counselling session and morning or night service here at Bridgie. I thought something must be wrong with me after catching tears following each service and session, only to realize this was God chipping away at a hard heart and I could no longer deny the Holy Spirit creeping within. After a few months of on and off attendance, I got linked in with Jess's Connect group and this simple act of acceptance overwhelmed me. I wonder if Jess and the group could accept me, barely even knowing me, how much more God could be accepting of me. Looking back, I realized that God has always been there, planting seeds along the way. They may have landed among the thorns, but he is the gardener. He gathered me and carried me to the good soil so that I can grow my roots down and remain strong. Fast forward a couple of years, I am neither striving for perfection nor mechanically fixated on my own pursuits, but seeking organic, personal, intimate relationship with the one who created me and knows me by name. God has used many people to speak to me, most recently Kirsty, a good friend of mine, who has repeatedly said, by abiding, not striding, striving. At first I thought, what are you on about? Aren't they basically the same thing? 
Upon reflection, I totally appreciate it and can see the true meaning of how much this resonates in my own life. No longer am I striving to fit into the mould of what I think the world wants or fulfilling my own agenda, but allowing God to shape me into the person he intended by abiding in his love and acceptance, especially when I fall short. Striving to me now sounds like so much work, for who was I to have discounted what Jesus had already done for me on the cross? As Romans 6.21 says, What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. One thing is for certain, church, for I am convinced that there is nothing in the universe but the power to separate us from God's love. I'm confident that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that will weaken his love. There is no, no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Another journal entry from earlier this year, which to me shows how much I've grown in my faith, says, I will never be my idea of perfect, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I can't do it in my own strength. Remind me, Lord, it isn't about my works, but your love and freely given grace, which has already paid the penalty for my sin. Jesus' love refused to leave me on my own when I couldn't save myself. And it's with this pool of water that my life is no longer mine, but takes on a whole new meaning. I'm standing here wanting to be baptised because I love, trust and have put my hope in Jesus to formally give witness and testify to his goodness and faithfulness in my life and to demonstrate dying to my old life and humbling myself in obedience of a new life in freedom and glorifying him. The good news is... I know that he can do for you what he has done for me, for, the, for he is our true salvation. Wow, how awesome. That is so true. His love is relentless. It's extraordinary. Well, we want to pray for you, Ash. In the same way, I would love you. I'm going to give you a moment to pray for Ash and just pray for God to bless her, to use her life powerfully. So I'll uh, just take a moment now just to pray for her. You can do that in your head and in your heart. Again, great God, you've heard every prayer and we want to pray for Ash now. What an extraordinary journey and story and um, I was gripped by the fact that here she was trying so hard, or those words she used was striving, trying to become perfect. But then getting to a point in her life where she realised, as many people, even watching online right now, realise they can't do it. And understanding the grace of you and that actually you died for us, even in our sin. What an extraordinary thing, great God. Thank you for revealing the truth of that to Ash. and. Uh, how it's changed and transformed her life. And I pray that she would continue to grow and understand the fullness of your grace, great God, walking in that every single day. I pray, Father, that, that she would know your love and your nearness in such a way that she too would be compelled to just have to share with others about this good news of mercy and grace in a God that accepts and loves us so much for who we are. 
I pray that uh, she would be so compelled. It would go deep, even deep within her bones that if she doesn't share it like Jeremiah, that she, she would feel like she would die if she doesn't share this extraordinary message with those around her, great God. Thank You for the plan and the purpose You have for her. I pray You continue to guide her and lead her in her life. Show her what You want her to do and I pray that You'd empower her by Your Holy Spirit uh, to obey the plans and the calls that You have for her, great God. And so bless her abundantly, Lord. Thank You for her heritage. Thank You for her parents. Thank You for her family, great God. And thank You for all the the grace that they've shown and the way that You've used them uh, to lead her as well. Uh, Lord, I know she loves you, we love you, and we just pray that you'd bless Ash's life so much. We thank you, great God, and we pray these things in Jesus' Name. Amen, amen. Well, Ash, do you confess Jesus Christ to be Lord and Saviour of your life? I do. Well, on that profession of faith, it's Bridget and, and I, a great privilege to baptise you now in the Name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.
great God, we sing of your goodness tonight. We thank you for your presence with us. We thank you that you are a God who is not distant, but is so near and that you have stepped into this world because you love people so much. And you long for them to know there's a God who's created them in His image, in your image, and that you love them so much. And so Lord, I just pray, even now as we just share together briefly as we wrap up this service, that you continue just to encourage us, speak to us. Each and every one of us would just know and encounter um, your love in such a, such a personal way tonight. I pray those of us who've known you for a long time, Lord, you've already been ministering, just reminding us again of your great love for us. And maybe some who are watching they're just on that journey of faith that tonight they would know without a doubt in their heart that you love them deeply, that you have made a way for each and every person to come into relationship with you. So we give you thanks for these truths. We pray your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. How good was that tonight? Can we thank the crew getting baptised? Wasn't that amazing? Absolutely amazing. You know, I can't think of a better way to celebrate our anniversary today than with all these baptisms. When we were thinking about our anniversary, we thought, you know what, we should just have baptisms all day because really what you've witnessed tonight captures what it's all about for us as a church. If you're new to Bridgie or you're watching online and you're wondering what this is all about, well, you've, you've, you've seen captured tonight what the heartbeat of this church is. And it's about two key things. The first thing is this, we are all about Jesus, because Jesus is amazing. Jesus is incredible. His love toward us, what He has done for us is life transforming. And the second thing we are all about is people. We love people because God loves people so much and He sent Jesus in this world and, and, uh, and He longs that every person would know that they have incredible value and worth in Him, that He has made a way for us to be in relationship with the one who created us and designed us. And this is our heartbeat as a church. So um, today to be able to have all of these baptisms across the weekend, and we're looking forward to more baptisms in the coming weeks as well. But today on our anniversary, I'm just gonna share really briefly tonight around this truth. And the truth is this, that there is nothing of greater value and worth in this world than knowing and experiencing and encountering the person of Jesus. Nothing even comes close. There is nothing of greater or value worth than actually knowing him. I read the story recently of uh, a lady who lived in a southern English village of White Parish and she enjoyed horse riding and she would go out into her paddock to ride her horse and there was just so happened to be this stone conveniently placed that she would climb up on to get onto her horse. And for years, 10 years, as she went to ride her horse, she would use this stone to climb up onto her horse. Then one day, as she was about to go horse riding, she noticed that the stone had what seemed to be um, some engraving on it. It looked like a wreath to her, and she was intrigued by this. And so she um, got in contact with the local historical society, and an archaeologist came out and looked at this stone in her paddock and said, this isn't stone, this is actually marble that dates from the second century AD. It's from ancient Greece, Asia Minor. It's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not priceless. And you're using it for a stone to get on your horse. You couldn't believe what was going on here. But this lady um, had no idea that this stone in her paddock would be of such incredible value and worth. And Jesus says to us, He says, you know, it's like that for us in our journey of life. It is so easy for us to miss the truth that actually 
The thing that is of greatest value and worth in this life is actually knowing Jesus, discovering forgiveness, discovering the hope that is found in him because he is what our hearts truly need. He is the the deepest desire of our hearts. And Jesus actually tells a story about, um, or explains himself in this way in Matthew 21. He says that the stone the builders have rejected has now become the cornerstone, just like that stone in the paddock. He said, the stone the builders have rejected has now become, the Bible actually describes it as this precious and chosen cornerstone. And even as believers, even for some of us who have known Jesus for a long time, this amazing truth, even for for us, there can be times where we tend to um, forget this truth. There's actually nothing of greater value in this life than knowing Jesus and, and wanting to experience more of Him in our lives. We can so easily Be deceived into pursuing other things or allowing other things to take the attention and our focus. And yet all the time, the truth is, the reality is that actually Jesus is all that we need. He is enough. And He is the greatest greatest treasure we could ever find in this life. The Apostle Paul explains this truth. This is the passage, just a few verses I wanna leave with you tonight. Explains it like this. This is Paul speaking, Philippians 3, verse seven. He says, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And Paul here is using some accounting imagery I don't know if there's any accountants in the room, but I studied accounting. My, I married an accountant, my wife's an accountant. When we were dating and we were going out for dinner with some friends and it would come time to split the bill, they would pass us the calculator. I thought it was so funny. You guys can calculate out what, what who owes what. And I wanna tell you, Jesus loves accountants. If you're here tonight, I just want you to know that if you're online, Jesus loves everyone. No matter what your background, your story, your journey has been, Jesus wants you to know that he loves you so much tonight. And Paul uses this accounting imagery. He says, my life, I look at it, it's like a profit and loss statement. He says, I used to have all these things that I'll put in the credit column of my life. All these things that I used to rely upon and trust in and used to promote to, to get people to, to you know, accept me and to get God to accept me. And then I had a few things in the loss column of my life that I used to put there. But then I encountered Jesus Then I discovered the forgiveness that is found in Him, the peace that He brings to my life. And He said, I had to completely rewrite the profit and loss statement of my life. Because everything that I used to have in the gain column, everything I had in the credit column, He said, I've now had to shift all of that across to the debit column. Because now there is just one thing for me in that profit column and it is the person of Jesus. Now that I've met him, everything else just pales into insignificance compared to the surpassing value and worth of knowing him and experiencing his very presence in my life through the power of the Holy Spirit. He says everything else doesn't even come close to that. And in Matthew 13, Jesus tells a story of of a field with this hidden treasure in it. It's a parable that he was telling. And this is what he says. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Now, if you discovered a, a block of land, some property with a gold seam in it worth millions of dollars, you would do exactly the same thing. You would go and sell everything you had to secure that block of land because you know by doing it, you would be so much 
better off. You would be so much richer. It's a no-brainer, sell everything, secure that land. Just a no-brainer investment for you. Well, Jesus is saying it's the same. Paul is saying here, this is exactly the same when it comes to Jesus. He says, Jesus is of such incredible value and worth. He is so amazing, so incredible. He says everything else, he said it's worth just selling everything else to take hold of this treasure. Jesus is the treasure hidden in that field. And often we don't discover it at first. Often we, we, it's not so obvious to us because of the world in which we live and, and the way that, that we are so easily deceived by the evil one. He, he doesn't want us to discover this truth. But when you discover it, as you've heard in these stories tonight, it is life transforming. And everything else just falls into insignificance. And then Paul uses another image. He uses the image of, of garbage. Is literally the image that he uses. He says this, I now consider everything else, all the other things I used to put in the credit column. He says, I now consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. This is the picture Paul uses. I brought a wheelie bin along with me tonight because we all know that where garbage belongs, you put it in the wheelie bin. When you collect the rubbish at night and uh, you put it out, you chuck it in the wheelie bin, you wait for the truck to come and collect it. And, and Paul says, now for me, I realise all these other things that I used to put so much value and worth on, um, comparative to Jesus. Now he goes, they're just rubbish compared to what he is like. And Paul actually before this listed his resume and he had a super impressive resume. If you want to meet someone who was you know, a high achiever, pretty amazing person, right up there in terms of society. Paul was that guy. And he lists for us his resume just before he shares these verses, not to boast, but because he, go, he wants us to see what an incredible transformation Jesus has made in his life. He says, you know what? In his resume, he says, uh, I, I was, in, before I met Jesus, I was, I was just number one in terms of religious devotion. If you wanted someone who was dedicated, super religious person, he says, I was that person. I used to have this in the credit column of my life. He said, but then I met Jesus. He said, compared to Jesus, now that I've encountered Jesus, he said, all of that, he said, it's, it's, it's literally just like garbage compared to what I've found in Jesus. And then Paul goes on to talk about his in education, his intellect. Paul was, had just this brilliant mind. He studied at the top schools of his day. And he said, you know what? This used to be in the credit column for me. This is where I used to put my trust. I used to rely on this for others to accept me. And not there's anything wrong with a good education, nothing wrong with a sharp mind. That's a gift from God. But he says, now in comparison to knowing Jesus, I used to put my trust in this. He said, but now I realise it's, it's, it's just rubbish compared to what I have found in Jesus. Then he even goes on to talk about his family heritage and he came from a pretty impressive family line. He says, you know what? I used to rely on this. I used to um, make sure people knew this and this was a big part of my identity and who I was. And I used to rely on this in terms of my acceptance with God as well. And he said, then I met Jesus and I was adopted as a child of God and welcomed in the family of God. He said, suddenly I realised. And families are a blessing to us. Don't hear me wrong here, but he said, now I realise in comparison, because I was relying on this, I was looking to this. He says, now I realise, now I've encountered Jesus. It's nothing compared to knowing Jesus. He even goes on and talks about all his career and achievements. He was a, uh, a Pharisee. He was well known. He was very successful at what he did. He achieved a lot in his life. And people looked up to him. People went to him for advice. And he used to rely on this. He used to 
depend on this. He used to put his identity in this and then he encountered Jesus. He says, I realize, again, not there's anything wrong with a good job or achieving things in this life, but when we look to them to meet the need of our heart that only Jesus can, that is when, when things begin to come unstuck for us. And Paul was doing this. He had this in the credit column and then he met Jesus. He went, ah, I get it now. that's, That's nothing compared to knowing Jesus, experiencing his forgiveness, his grace, his love, knowing that I have been made right with God through him. And you know, all of us could come up with other things that we could list that we put our trust, our hope in, that we look to to give us value and worth in this life. I just listed a few out on a piece of paper. Relationships, often we think, well, if I can just get that relationship, then I will be satisfied. If I can just sort that relationship out, I'll be satisfied. If I can just get that bank account balance, you know, to this amount or this superannuation fund, this amount, then I'll be content, then I'll be satisfied. Or if I can just get that house or whatever that thing is that you're striving for that you think's gonna make you happy or health, whatever it is. And we know deep down, don't we, that it's never enough. Your bank balance is never enough. That relationship will never meet the need of your heart as, as, as much of a blessing relationships are. You know, it, it doesn't matter what, what we end up getting. You get that house and then you just want something more. None of this meets the deepest need of our heart. And Paul discovered this and he says, you know what? When you encounter Jesus, you realize everything else is just rubbish. It's garbage compared to knowing and experiencing life and freedom and hope in him. He is the one that I'm putting my hope and my trust in. And Paul finishes by explaining it like this. He says, this is why it's transformed my life. Because he says, I now realize not having a righteousness of my own, that comes from the law, that that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And what Paul is saying here is that he used to be striving to pick up Asher's words in that testimony. He said, I used to be striving to earn acceptance with God through my religious devotion, through my achievements, through everything that I was doing. He said, I used to be striving to get God to accept me and others to accept me. But now I realize I don't have to strive anymore because my salvation, my eternal life is not something I can ever earn. It's not something I can ever pay for. It's not anything that can be achieved. Salvation is not achieved. It is something that we need to receive. And Paul would have known the book of Isaiah very well. And there's a passage in there that says all of our righteous acts, our most righteous acts are actually just like filthy rags that you would just, are no good for anything. You just chuck it in the bin. And that is because God is a holy God. And we can think, well, I'm gonna try my hardest, but you know what? God's standard is perfection. He's perfect in every way. Instead, God had a plan and the plan was this. He sent Jesus into this world to do what we could never do. He lived the perfect life we could never live. He died the death that we deserved on the cross and then he rose again so that we could know eternal life in him. Eternal life that doesn't just start in the life to come, it starts here and now. And and that is exactly what each of these guys have been declaring the baptism all day. In fact, we've been hearing it and it just comes through again and again that it's all by God's grace that they have received this and their lives have been transformed. And I wanna tell you tonight, if you're here in the room or watching online, this is the message that God wants you to know that you can be in relationship with him by simply coming coming to him and receiving this free gift, acknowledging that you can't do it, that you can't, but he can. He has done it for you through Jesus and placing your faith and trust 
in Jesus. This is the good news, the message of the gospel that transforms lives. And so tonight on this anniversary Sunday, there is an opportunity for us individually and corporately just to affirm this truth afresh, to say, you know what, Jesus, I think you are amazing. I know you're incredible, that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, and it's all about you. And we want to corporately affirm that again, that this is what it's about for us as a church. It's all about Jesus, always, only, ever about him, because the reality is, is that he is the hope of the world. He is the deepest need of our heart. And when we encounter him, it just transforms everything. He comes to live within us by his Holy Spirit and gives us the strength to live as he has called us to live. And so we wanna affirm that tonight as a church. Maybe tonight you're here and you know Jesus and you've been following him, but you realise tonight, you know what? There's been some other stuff that's just been consuming my attention and my focus. And uh, and, and I realized that, you know what? Jesus isn't number one for me. Jesus isn't everything for me at the moment. There's other stuff that's consuming my focus, my attention. There's other things that I'm actually putting my trust in that I'm pursuing. And tonight, Jesus is calling you back to him and saying, you know what? I just want you tonight, tonight to put me back in that first place. You know what's amazing when we do that? Everything else just falls into place. It's incredible. When we seek Jesus first and we put him in his rightful place, we say, Jesus, my hope and all of my trust is in you. You are enough. And everything else begins to fall into its rightful place. Because Jesus, Jesus created us. He knows us. He is the greatest need of our heart. There is nothing of greater value and worth in this life than knowing Him. And tonight we have an opportunity just to reaffirm that. Maybe for you it is the first time. Maybe you've never had that moment where you said, Jesus, I'm putting my, putting my faith and trust in you. I've been striving. I've been trying all these things. Tonight I lay it down and I come to you and I wanna receive this free gift of salvation, placing my faith and trust in you. You can do that tonight. Online, here in person, you can do that. And we're gonna have an opportunity to respond, to affirm these different responses. Down the front, these bins are actually gonna be down the front here. We've got some bits of paper down here and tonight corporately for us as a church as a way of just saying, Jesus, we always want you to be number one here in this church. We want it to be all about you, Jesus. I wanna invite you just to come and to grab a piece of paper and you just can scrunch that up and say, Jesus, everything else compared to you is just nothing. It's rubbish compared to you. And Lord, we just wanna affirm that corporately as your people tonight. It's all about you. And for some here tonight, maybe a way of responding is saying, you know what, I realise I have put some other things in that place where, you, Jesus, you belong. And so tonight, I just wanna, you know, there's no pens here, but in your mind, if you're gonna write something down, that paper represents that thing. And maybe the Spirit of God's been talking to you about it, even as I've been sharing tonight. And you're like, you know what? I've been letting that take over Jesus' spot in my life. And that's why things are all falling apart at the moment. And tonight you say, you know what, Jesus, I'm giving that to you. I'm scrunching it up. I'm putting it back in that bin. I'm putting you back in first place in my life. And you watch the blessing that flows as you do that. You can do that tonight as well. Or maybe it is for the very first time. You're saying, Jesus, I wanna trust you. Come, take a piece of paper, say, Jesus, I'm trusting you with everything. Everything I hand over to you and I look to you first and foremost. Let me pray as we come to respond together now. Heavenly Father, it's been such an amazing night to be together. Thank you for your word to us. And Lord, we declare tonight, Jesus, that you are amazing. You're incredible. And Lord, tonight we just wanna again, just affirm our faith and trust in you and you alone. You are the way, you are the truth, you are the life, you are the hope of the world. You are the hope of our hearts, great God. 
And so tonight as we respond, we just wanna declare again, compared to you, everything else, Lord, just doesn't even come close to comparing. Tonight, Lord, we just again wanna just affirm this truth and say, compared to you, everything else actually, Lord, is just garbage compared to the value and worth of knowing you. And Lord, we wanna pursue you more. We wanna know you more in our lives, in our heart, in this church, your church, we pray. And Lord, we wanna see the impact of your love transform this community, our city, our nation and our world. That is our prayer. And so come now, Holy Spirit, stir in our hearts as we respond to you right now. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we stand together? Let's jump on our feet. We're gonna sing this great song that talks about the fact that He is worthy above everything else. And as you do that, you feel free just to come and just to affirm that in your own life. For us corporately, take that paper, say, Jesus, I'm putting you first. You're the one above everything else I wanna pursue. I wanna know more of you in my heart, more of you in my life. Let's respond together as we worship our Saviour and our King.
Lord Jesus, together we now just corporately declare that it's all about You, Jesus, that You are worthy of all of our praise. We join with all heaven right now, gathered around Your throne, crying out, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Oh Lord, You are so worthy. And we declare that and we affirm that. We look to You, Jesus, in all things. We look to You. And Lord, may Your glory be poured out over our community, over this city, Lord. We pray over our nation and our world. This is our prayer. May we hear many, many more stories of people encountering Your love and Your grace. In the season to come ahead, we pray, many flooding into Your kingdom, people who are searching for meaning and hope and life and purpose, Lord, that they would find You, Lord Jesus. This is our prayer. And so less of us, more of You, Jesus, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' mighty and powerful Name. Everyone said, Amen, Amen. You know what? It's been an awesome day. I was loving that Relentless song we sung earlier. The youth band were rocking it. I'm sure, I don't know if that's the right terminology to use. I probably sound really old then. But anyway, it was going off. Um, and we want to get them back on. Don't you agree? Do Relentless one more time tonight as we celebrate. And don't hold back. Don't hold back. He's worthy. Let's, let's really worship and praise our great God as we go out on what has been an amazing day. Thanks. Oh, we're going to chat more. Okay, um, let's talk some more. Two minutes more to talk uh, around things that happened. You know what? Um, it is amazing to look back. No, this is, um, you know, I do want to say though tonight too, that if, if, if there was something, I actually did really sense this as we were um, singing that song. Jesus, when Jesus is present, He's here tonight. He is so powerful. He is so powerful. And we sung about earlier, actually, the first song, that when Jesus is involved, nothing is impossible for Him. And maybe tonight... Um, there is a situation or a circumstance or something that you're battling with and it just seems like it's impossible. I actually want to invite you to come tonight and be prayed for because when you pray for things in the power and the authority of the name of Jesus, I want to tell you, chains are broken. People are set free. Impossible situations that you thought that can never change, it changes, it shifts because of the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. His name is above every other name. So much greater. And situations you might look at tonight and you think, I don't know, well, I want to invite you tonight just to come, to be prayed for, to be prayed for in the power and the authority of Jesus' name. We have lifted Him high tonight. We are all about Him as a church. And I want to tell you, it's a ripe time tonight to come, to be prayed for into a situation. So even as we dance around, if you want to come down the front, we'd love to pray for you, to ask God, even following our service, come down the front here, we'd love to pray for you. But I, I did really feel prompted to share that tonight. So maybe there's a few people that is 